Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And Forrest. Hello. How's it going, guys? Good? It's fine. Hi. <laughs> it's great. We we uh, had to restart recording the show <laughs> because uh, Discord was kind of a jerk. So it's fun. We're, we weren't too far into it, so... But it's fine. Yeah, it was only an hour and a half in. <laughs> yeah. And we realized we couldn't hear each other the entire time. We were just telepathically communicating. Yes. Uh, there were many we monologues were, happening. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Yep. Um, Shame you'll okay. never hear it. So, yeah, you'll never hear it. And it's a real, like, sorry. We're, it's know, honestly a work of art. Yeah. If, if we could release it, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't want to hear it because it'd blow your mind. Um, so let's. I want to talk about the games I beat this week because I have done a good job of isolating, um, unlike Forrest. And I have been inside and diligently playing video games and watching TV. Um, Seth, have you been doing that also? Doing what? Isolating appropriately. And oh yeah, I guess so. I mean, okay. I don't really have any ability, any way to leave my house right now. So, oh yeah, that's right. And there's no one else here, so I'd say that it's a successful isolation for me right now. I'd nice. say he's more isolated than we are, than you are, definitely. Yeah. I don't do well mentally when I stay home all day. Ah, yeah. You're literally breaking isolation right now for us. Yep. To bring this podcast directly to you, dear <laughs> listener. Drag so, him. Drag I do it for us. you. Drag, drag him. Drag him <laughs> through the mud. Ashamed of yourself. <laughs> um, so, I'm always ashamed of myself, Seth. <laughs> that's, that's the secret. That's the secret. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're like the Hulk, but... I'm I'm the sulk. <laughs> the sulk. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. That was bad. All right. <laughs> Um, I liked it. <laughs> I also hate it. Yeah, it was one of those. Good job. It reminds Forrest. me of something, <laughs> something that happened in a game that I was playing the other day. Nice. Ooh, ooh, good. Can't wait to hear about that. Um, I, I'm gonna railroad that and talk about Ori and the Blind Forest and Ori and the Will of the Wisp, the tale of two games that are very similar, but also very different. Um, I beat Ori one this week after we recorded last week's show. So probably like Thursday or Friday, I think I beat it. And then I kind of decided, you know what? I'm just going to play the second one. I, I'm not going to take a break. I was going to play Kentucky Route Zero, but then I was like, you know, things are still really sad. I'd rather just play something with light, fun music and, you know, I'll just keep playing Ori. And so I downloaded the second one. To finish up my review of the first one, luckily, the combat did not play an integral role at any point for the rest of the game because the combat is terrible in Ori 1. Um, and the only other frustration I had, and I have talked about this with Seth, I don't know if I talked about it last week on the show, but the, my main frustration with the game is that there is a lot of platforming sections near the end of the game that wholly depend on using the AI to attack you so that you can bounce off of their attacks. And the AI is not consistent or pattern-based. They are based off of how you go near them, like, like you attracting their attention. So it's not consistent. So you can die in very cheap ways in those platforming sections. And it's not very satisfying because it is not based upon your skill, it's kind of based upon luck and where the AI moves with the enemy. So, beyond that, that's the end of Ori 1. Really, I really like the ending of it, and the, the characters and the art was great. Uh, I still feel the platform is, platforming is floaty. Let's go on to Ori 2, a game where they decided that the first game had really bad combat so they decided to like triple down on the combat um they you get a sword like right off the bat you get um you you get a bunch of abilities so in ori one a lot of your weapons you could use to hurt enemies 
were mainly for your traversal of the environment. The bonus was that they hurt enemies. In Ori 2, a lot of the weapons you get are purely for damaging enemies. They are not like there's a ninja star you can get, there's a hammer, like stuff like that. And you map them to the X, Y, and B buttons, and you can switch it at any point with a wheel that you can pull up with the R button, or R right trigger. So that was something to get used to because this game really focuses on combat a lot. Um, it really is not as focused on the platforming. There are some like challenging platforming sections, but nothing I feel as challenging as was in Ori 1. And that's also possibly because all the platforming is not dependent upon enemies' attacks in Ori 2. They... Most of the platforming challenges are based purely on, you know, your ability to get through the environment effectively with the abilities you have, which was awesome. So I liked that a lot more. I liked that the combat was a lot better, even though a lot of the enemies felt like they were like just there to beat up on. Like they were, they were just, they had too much health, um, which is a weird complaint to have, but it, like, they weren't damaging me enough. It just took too long to kill some of them, and it was really frustrating. But I want to talk about some of the stuff in Ori 2 that made me really mad. <laughs> because um, they really turned up the graphical styling between Ori 1 and Ori 2. The game is beautiful. It is... The lighting in it is fantastic. The amount of stuff going on is really cool. The, the like glowing of the environment, there's a lot of wind and particles happening, which I think is what lends to some of the issues with this game, because the frame rate is choppy as heck at any given moment. You go into a new area, your frames can drop from like 40 to 50 to like five. And it's like, Ooh. oh, this is rough for a platformer. Yeah. Um, especially in the areas where the platforming is difficult. That's really annoying. Um, also, I had, I stopped counting at 10, the issues where the game would boot me back to the home menu and it would quit out of the game. I got really mad about that because it would always happen in the middle of a combat trial or something where there was a lot of enemies or the platforming was hard again. So it seemed like the more the game asked of you, it also was asking of itself and it couldn't handle it and it would like quit out and it was really frustrating. I also fell through the floor a bunch of times into a void wasteland and I would have to quit out of the game to keep moving. Also infuriating. <laughs> also infuriating. Um, I can't remember the last video game I played where I fell through the floor of the map. It's been a long time. I... I cannot re have you guys like lately within recent memory fell through the floor of a game map. Not within the last, I would probably say four to five years. Seth. Um, you know, I feel like I've played a game recently where I fell through the floor, but I can't remember what it is. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it's almost like it had, ha it had happened to me in not so recent memory enough that it was so confusing when it happened. I didn't know like what to do. It's um, certainly not something you expect to happen. You're right. So it's not something you'd expect and it's frustrating. Also the stuff that I did not expect is I'm sure all of you listening will remember how frustrated I got at borderlands and at rage two last year for their menus and boy does this game struggle with using the menus every time you go to the menu to check the map or anything it's a solid four to six seconds between the menu gets up and then when you close out of the map you have another four to six seconds and then you have to wait for the frame rate to come back because it drops really hard because it's loading the assets again. Um, and that's not very satisfactory when you're playing a game that really depends on you looking at your map. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> and it's infuriating because Metroidvanias are meant to be played where you like keep checking the map and you make sure you're going the right direction. 
And well, I wouldn't say they are necessarily meant for you to keep checking the map, but it certainly is. It is a vital tool, and one that you will likely check a lot. Yeah, and one that shouldn't be a. <laughs> the game should make it so hard to check it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, it's it's frustrating because I have all these little gripes with the game, and they're all performance issues, and. Um, I really, it's frustrating also because I have an Xbox One X. I'm playing the pinnacle of what Microsoft can give to me right now, technically. The new Xbox isn't out yet. I should not have issues with this game. It's a 2D sides, and granted, it's a beautiful 2D platformer. But, holy crap, I shouldn't have these sort of frame rate drops and stuff like that with this game. And I don't know if it's because it came out so soon. I don't know if it was rushed. Like, uh, we checked, Forrest checked, it got delayed from February to March, which that's not even that much of a delay. No. Like, that's a month. So, like, performance-wise, it should be there. And I, you know, maybe in like two months, this game will have a couple updates and it'll run perfectly fine. But I almost wonder, like, because you both have normal Xbox Ones, I kind of want you to play it and tell me how it runs (laughs) because it can only be worse, right? Like, theoretically, yes, (laughs) (laughs) it can only chug so much more. And I, I wonder, I wonder, because that doesn't make me want to play it, right? Just and FYI, I, I understand that. And then, so that gets me to my second, my my main point of this whole thing, because there is a. We've all played a video game where you feel like they've taken an inspiration from another video game you've played before. Um, it definitely happened with Borderlands 3 and Destiny. They took some things like they really want to do some of the like public event stuff that Destiny was doing and everything and like like holiday stuff and the live elements. Um, the people that made Ori and the Will of the Wisps had to have played Hollow Knight between playing between making Ori 1 and making this game. Because there is a lot of that DNA in this game. And which is fine with me. I'm not mad about that. I love Hollow Knight. It's, I mean, if you remember, it's, it, I think it was my top game the year it came to Switch. Um, it's one of my favorite games of all time, easily in the top five. And, but the, like, they obviously took from it the, the combat with the sword. Um, you get the, the, the mechanic to open up the map more is very similar to hollow Knight, where you meet, you, you find little trails of paper and you follow them to this guy and then into a hidden area. And he sells you the map for that section. That's straight out of hollow Knight. Um, there's a lot of similar things you rebuild, this like home area for the NPCs you meet, which is similar to what happens. And like, it's just very, they took some inspiration and I'm not mad about that because I love hollow Knight and I want more hollow Knight. Yeah. So, okay. I, it's like people that would be mad at Neo for something. Cause it's like a souls like game. You know what I mean? It's if you want more of it and it's there, you're going to take it. And so mm, true. I'm not mad at it. I like it, but they definitely aped some Hollow Knight stuff. Um, and the frustrating thing is they didn't do it as well because the map, one of my favorite things about Hollow Knight, Seth and, and Forest, if you ever do play it, is your character, the Hollow Knight, when you are going to look at the map, the game doesn't pause and your character, you see, it brings up a translucent map. Your character opens up the map, and you can see your character holding open the map while you're looking at it. And then when mm. you when you close out of the map, he folds it up and puts it in his pocket, and then you keep playing. Like, 
it's so beautifully intuitive and it doesn't freeze the game for 12 seconds yeah. and your frames don't drop and it's <laughs> like the game doesn't fight you to play it and ori as much as i love i 100 percented the game i got all the collectibles the game fought me tooth and nail for me to play it though and it was like it was like the game didn't want me to play it at points and i'm like and I, it won sometimes. There was a couple of times where it quit. It quit out, and I was like, you know what? It's not worth it to come back. I'm like, you won. I'm. I'm not. Tonight is not it. Obviously, and that and the plot. The plot's the same as Ori One. Those two games. This little sprite can only save a forest so much, and it's you know. You, you you say that, but there's a lot of forests. I know. There's one and right you, here. And you always say that you always say oh, God. that you always say that Mario can save How Princess Peach so many times. I was about to How make that comparison. How dare you, Forrest? <laughs> yeah. Um you're you're uh, continue, on one. Continue continue to drag Forrest. <laughs> um you're on one with the sulkin forest jokes, you furry. Come on, hey. Um, so but it uh like I don't know. It's interesting. The story to this game really felt the ending fell flat because it took a really hard right turn. And I don't want to spoil it because it's like, it's a really weird ending. And I'm, I looked at Marianne and this isn't going to spoil it, but I was like, I think I just became God. Like I, I think, oh. yeah, it's wait. So it's a JRPG actually. <laughs> yeah. You, but the thing is, it's the opposite of JRPG. Like you got the help of, you got the help from God to beat the enemy, and then you became God because God mm. couldn't be God anymore. It was the none of the plot leading up to it led you to believe this was going to happen. No, that's just okay. Isn't that just the plot of a Futurama episode? <laughs> I'm, you know, I I wouldn't doubt it at this point, but it's um. I can't remember the last game that did this, but it's like none of the game leading up to it made you think anything like this was going to happen. And then it's like, boom, surprise. This is what's happening. And it's not like a good surprise because there was no foreshadowing. There was no like, there's no story tension building up to it. It just happened. And so it like emotionally, I was like, okay, and like an emotional cutscene plays out, but I'm like, you know what it felt like? And I don't want to fully talk about it. It felt like some of the parts of Rise of Skywalker where it was like, oh. where it was like emotionally, this tugs at me emotionally, but it shouldn't because it, it, it didn't earn it. It didn't earn this moment. Yeah. My little spirit becoming God didn't mean much because there was no point leading up to it where it's like you're building up to become God. And it's, huh. <laughs> I've talked for 20 minutes about this and I need to stop. But 10 minutes per game. I gave myself that. Ori and the Will of the Wisps is a great game. Maybe I'll say Wisps correctly eventually. Um, and I think people should play it but maybe after it's patched for like a month or two <laughs> because it's frustrating to play. And and it's frustrating because I don't think reviewers are doing a responsible job of representing this game for what it is right now because it is a great game to play, but it performs so terribly on the console. And maybe they played it on PC and didn't have these issues, and that's entirely possible, but holy crap. It just, it's not there, performance-wise on the console. Too many drops. It's frustrating. Um, Seth, I've talked a lot about this cutesy little 2D platformer Metroidvania mm. game, and I want to hear about, <laughs> you've been texting me little tidbits about this game that have been great, and I want to know more. So oh, tell me about... About Neo 2? Yeah. Ha do you feel like you have enough to report on that, or do you want to talk about something else? Well, uh, I'm certainly a little farther into the campaign. Um, the story is, has been has been interesting. It's it's taking me to uh, 
different avenues that were like at one point I thought that I had a grasp of what the um what was happening. So the the first game put you in the in the shoes of William something or other. He was this uh this white dude who he's a an actual real person who went to um the who who went to Japan and became like an actual samurai. Um and he's like the only uh westerner who's ever been a samurai, like right. an actual um Interestingly, there is also uh in the first game who had like a bit piece and seems like he's going to be a main character and not a main character but an also a, a character who um this is this guy from Africa who was who who went there on missionary um on like some missionary journey and was spotted by Oda Nobunaga and also became a samurai. Um mm. But you didn't know that. Uh, he is in this game called The Obsidian Samurai, which is a little bit... Uh, I mean, that maybe that's historic, but it's a bit on the nose for the one black character to be the Obsidian Samurai and all of his armor to be black. Um, but so, yeah, the first game you played as this guy, William, um, and he, he arrives and he, he has this sort of this um, story which... Ter- is is like he's sort of a tertiary part to the um conquest of the historical figure uh Tokugawa who is one of um one of the three great unifiers of Japan um and so you weren't like actively actively involved in what he was doing cuz you were chasing this evil wizard through Japan um but so the but the promise of Neo 2 was that you were you get to create your own character which i always thought was interesting because like it's supposed to be like pseudo historical and you are interacting with a bunch of historical figures but seemingly and while they were made up people in the original neo um and of course the whole story is all made up but you are you are still interacting with these historical figures and and a story that is supposed to somewhat align with reality uh and i was like hmm how does that work if you are a made-up person right um and so like the question at the beginning of the game was like well who actually are you and how can you how can you can't really be a historical person if you could be like anyone um but it's as I've gone, it seems it it has seemed to make aware to me the fact that you are in fact at least from this point, what it seems to be you are um uh Toyotomi Hideyoshi, who was the like this the second great unifier of Japan, preceding Ayasu or Tokugawa Ayasu and um following Oda Nobunaga, who is like seems to be a main character of this game and so like i don't know a whole lot about um japanese history in that era like i know about the characters and i've played all the games that fictionalize not all of them but many of the games that fictionalize like that time period so you know you got your dynasty warriors you got your uh, pokemon conquest um plenty of games that that use these characters because they're great and a, a lot of these games nobunaga ends up being the bad guy um and so, like, I was like, okay, so what's happening is you are going to join him, and then you're going, you're going to end up turning on him, and he's going to be the bad guy, and you're going to stop him, and and sort of take your place on the throne um, as this great shogun. But then, like, the very next cutscene, like the very next story chapter, seems to be going in a whole different direction. And so, I've been pleasantly surprised at kind of the twists and turns it is throwing at me. Um, and whereas, like, last week, I had a picture of what I thought the end of this game was going to be, I now have a completely different idea of what I think <laughs> the end is going to be. And I'm still not exactly sure that it's um, that it's correct. And so this is... And it's, it's, it's kind of cool to me, actually, that this is happening. Because when I started playing this game, and especially when I created my own character, I did not expect 
the story of this game to ever, like, interest me. Like, the story of the first one was intriguing, I guess. Um, like, objectively, it involved things that I am interested in. Uh, and I sort of liked it. But uh, also, I wasn't really playing the game for the story. I was more playing it um, for the challenge of it. And because, like, the aesthetic setting is something that is very interesting to me. And just, like, um, all the the fantastic stuff that was thrown in there. It was a very compelling package to me. Disregarding right. what the story was. And that's not to say the story was bad. It was definitely interesting. Um and as I've come to know more about those, like, the historical characters, um, specifically the villains and that, I, I've gone back, it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, and so, like, going into this one, I was like, I really like Neo, mostly just for the gameplay and the setting. And so I didn't really expect this kind of investment for me and this kind of speculation as I'm going through the story. Um, so it, it's it's been a, a bit of a of a fun surprise that um, there's something actually interesting from that perspective. Um, the right. gameplay also itself is, is very good. It's, it's very tight. Um, I really, I'm trying to think what it is like about this type of gameplay that I, I've found that I've come to enjoy. And I think it's, it has to do with like the deliberateness with which you have to approach situations uh, in the game. Um, and in that way, it is kind of like a puzzle. There's sort of like a meditative slow pacing that you take like to going into these uh, different encounters and figuring out these maps, figuring out the ways in which you have to maneuver around them to to get the best bearing on combat encounters. Um, and so it's just, uh, it's, it's really, it's very in enjoyable to me from that, like, from that perspective that it becomes less of an action game. Right. Um, and you know, I've, I've always enjoyed those kind of, it, this is not to say the game is a stealth game, but it, it approaches that sort of the same thing which I enjoy about stealth games which is sort of maneuvering around these spaces in 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 the most optimal way to where you like just clear everything out perfectly um without anything without without like knowing everything that's going to happen and then executing all that in in the perfect way like there's it's that's always like been intensely satisfying for me um and it's not uh, in an action game, it's not often that you get those things. Um, one thing I do, I, I have noticed that I have been wishing was in the game is the kind of the extensive map, like the, the seamless, um, the one seamless area that like other souls like games have, um, where you are going from place to place rather than where in Neo you are selecting different stages on, like, an overworld map. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and it, it was like that in the first game, too. Oh, um, okay. And so, like, it works in the w in, in that they can create these sort of defined um, arenas for you to move through. Um, but I do, like, having my like my most recent souls like game be Sekiro which has and I and I believe that most of the games like that do have one seamless map that you go through um it does kind of make me wish like this game had that but I also understand because of the way it's presented like each um basically each map each mission you go through is like it it takes place at a different like year basically oh okay because um, each each one like ex it each story mission um extends like the it, it goes further in time along like this 
um, campaign that the characters are on. And so I get why, like, from that perspective, they couldn't necessarily be interconnected because it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for you to go into a new area and suddenly be at, like, three years in the future or whatever. Uh, I don't think there's been, like, that large of 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 jumps in between individual missions. But, um, so, like, I get that. But it also, I do kind of, like, it as I'm going through it, I wonder what it would be like with that kind of, um, that kind of create like the, building the, the the world in that way but i i think they've just decided to take a different uh take a different route in building their game um in order to kind of focus on the stuff that they that they have um in their story and and the unique stuff about their combat so it's not like it's not a bad thing the way it's set up but i but i have been wishing that it the world was a bit more um, open, I guess. Yeah. That constraint, that's that's kind of what I love about Bloodborne is I know that I can, like, go back and farm some stuff and, like, there's, it's not constrained a lot, yeah. so. Yeah. And I have been also let down, I guess, by some of the combat encounters. Um... Like, I don't know. It's it, I've probably tainted myself because um, I, I talked last week about the kind of grandeur of the boss battles in Sekiro and how it doesn't really like there's there hasn't been really anything in in this game that is that is kind of compared. Like I, I finally got into one boss and into a boss battle that like was against a person. Um, and so there, there's obviously going to be like a direct comparison to in Sekiro. There were a lot of boss battles just against guys. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was frustratingly easy to do it. Um, just because, uh, the, the human enemies in the game don't really have the sort of defensive capability that you have like most of the enemies they will like depending on what what weapon they have and how far along you are into the game they will have like a sort of comparative um offensive skill set uh it's obviously like severely diminished because you have a multitude of weapons that you can select from and also a bunch of other like different skills, but they will have for that weapon. They'll have like at least a fairly developed skill tree um, for ways in which they can attack you. But they don't. They don't have. They don't also have those skills that are in those skill trees for like defensive options. Right. And so, um, it's so it is either. Um, now, I, I must preface this with I. Th- I'm pretty sure that I am over leveled. Um, but I, but also the, like the weapons that you, you gather are basically in line with, with, with the levels that you're on. So I'm, I'm not like completely overpowered, but generally I am, I'm probably a bit more powerful than the level recommendation for each stage. Um, but when you like, so you come to enemies and it's either they pretty much are pushovers um and that you can you can drain in a couple hits uh the stronger ones generally you just have to you can kind of spam attacks to to whittle down their uh stamina um and so it's this isn't to say the game is easy because like it's it's also if you make a misstep and give them an opening, they can also kill you in in a couple hits. So it's not to say that I am completely invulnerable out there. Um, Especially, there are many... I I think, intentionally, they make up for this in that there are many stages where you'll enter an area and there's a bunch of enemies that that you can't just necessarily pick off one by one. Like, you have to get into into fights with uh, groups of enemies. And so it, it does force you to be a little bit more um, on your guard. 
But I got into this boss fight with like a a character who is ostensibly exactly the same as me. Um, like he had the kind of guardian spirits, and he had multiple weapons, and he had the ability to transform into a, a yokai, like like the like protagonist does. Yeah. Um, and it was just like. Like I n- never felt challenged in in the battle at all, because it just didn't. Like the person couldn't. Either the the, the computer couldn't think like me in the encounter, uh, or it just didn't have the, um, it 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 didn't have the ability to defend against what I was attacking it with. Which was, I mean, it was kind of disappointing because that was, and again, this is sort of. My view is is necessarily going to be tainted by my most recent experiences and stuff like this, which is Sekiro, um, which was kind of the Sekiro was a game that it completely removed like the different um, the like the stats and stuff from it, and so you it had to be about like timing and precision, um, and like this game it it doesn't really have any intention of being that kind of like having that that kind of precise game precise um gameplay in one-on-one battles um i mean because there are skills which can sort of imitate the kind of pairing and stuff but it's more about like um generally more about dodging uh and overwhelming your enemy with 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 force um and and the other thing it's not really even in the same genre, but I can't not compare it to my experience in playing the uh, data organization battles <laughs> of Kingdom Hearts. Because, like, while it isn't the same, even the, the same type of game, there is still that, you know, the, the one-on-one battles against enemies which are either generally stronger that they're either similarly powered to you or generally stronger than you um and that sort of present a puzzle of memorization that you have to figure out um and thus far it's those are probably two unfair comparisons but those are the ones that are in my mind and thus far a lot of the the there haven't really been any battles that have kind of um any individual battles that have sort of lived up to that. Um, that's not to say that the combat isn't fun because, like I said, there is danger basically everywhere that you step, um, and you you have to you have to know what you're doing and you have to be careful in in most situations. But there haven't really been those um, moments where I feel like I am. I don't know, like there. There were moments in both Sekiro and in Kingdom Hearts where I would beat something and like audibly um, react to that because I was excited. I don't think I've had that yet. Um, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's but but I mean I, I'm still very much enjoying the game. Um, it's just you know it's it's just one thing that I and like the first week that I was playing it, I I wasn't really thinking of it, but it's it's one thing that I've. Um, begin to like as I've gotten more into it, it it's begun that that comparison has begun to enter my mind and um I don't know I, I, like I certainly I, I guess I can't say I was expecting stuff like that um but it's also like I don't know that's just kind of something you like sort of want from a game like this is to have those insurmountable challenges that you figure out ways to beat and I I haven't really like there's been certainly been fights where I die a lot and like I'm as I I'm going back and back into it to figure out what I am do what I need to do to fix it but even at the end of those I've just been like okay good now I can move on rather than being excited that I accomplished something that was very difficult yeah All right. Do you play yeah. anything else? Yeah, I've also continued playing um, uh, Murder by Numbers. Um, I have been seeing you put some time in that. 
when you pop up yes. online for Switch. Yeah, the this I'm on the final case. Uh, it's it's a lot longer than I expected. So you you have there's like this point system. Um, you get points for every puzzle that you finish, and I guess um, if you use hints or whatever, uh, it'll take points off. I'm not really sure how the points work because I haven't done anything to lose any points on these. Yeah. Um, and it gives you a there's like a as you accumulate points, your ranking goes up. It starts at an F, and it can go up to an S. Um, and like as you gain ranks, you unlock these puzzles to do outside of the main story. But the the way that the, the that your grade increases is like a barometer for how far in the case you are. Um, and I got to the point in in the case where like it seemed like it would have been wrapped up, and I realized I was only like on a D rank, and I'm like, okay, well this is <laughs> taking this is going to be a lot more than I am not expecting. Yeah. Uh, and so that that was that was interesting, but. Oh god, there was this I absolutely hated it. So the there are two main characters. Um I don't know if I went and talked about this when I first when I first started playing on it, but um so there's this main character named Honor who is uh she's like a TV she played a detective on a TV show and she turns into a detective in real life. Um and she is accompanied by this robot named Scout who, uh, like, woke up in this junkyard with no memory and found honor, and they've been, like, teaming up and slowly learning about Scout's backstory. Um, and Scout is in the game, like, you scan things, and Scout, the doing the Picross puzzles is, like, uh, Scout analyzing stuff and figuring out what they are. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a cute little hook. Um and then, so I've been playing through it, and it's it's very fun, and I like the characters. And then I get to the final case, and the name of the case comes up, and the name of it is Scout's Honor. And at that moment, I realized, oh my god, they named these characters that just so they could make this <laughs> stupid joke I, I do. In, the ti- in the name of this case, and I hate it so much. It It was absolutely infuriating. That they strung me along like this to make this stupid dad joke. And I wanted to punch something. But I wasn't going to punch my Switch, of course. But it was just like, how dare you? How dare you do this to me? I trusted you, game, <laughs> and this is how you repay me. <laughs> I I can't. It's it's terrible. Don't, don't punch your Switch. It's yeah. pretty hard to get good, some though. right now. So. <laughs> but other than that, other than this terrible thing that they've done at like the final home stretch of the game, the eleventh uh, hour. Yes, it's really fun. <laughs> um, the puzzles are good, and the visual novel stuff is also very fun. All right, Forrest, some what weird, did you play? Some weird characters. Oh, including some that make bad jokes with their names. <laughs> well, like that's the game itself making yeah. that. Um, not really a character, I guess. Speaking of characters that make bad jokes about their names, me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Forrest. Tell us what you have played. Uh, I played a lot this week. Um, I played the Resident Evil Three remake demo. Um, if... Resident, <laughs> you are the resident Resident, resident Evil, Evil expert. Yeah, I I wouldn't say expert, but I'll take the title for now. Um. It it's it's more the same from the Resi Two remake, and that's great <laughs> in my opinion. Um, Jill feels like she moves a little slower than Leon and Claire do, um, but she also has a dodge mechanic now, which is tied to the right bumper, if I'm remembering correctly. So you are going to be encountering more zombies this time around, um, because most of the game takes place in like the larger uh, section of Raccoon City as opposed to just the police department in, like, the surrounding area and below there. Um, So you're running into a lot of zombies on the streets, and that can be very, very stressful and intense sometimes because you don't have enough ammo to deal with all of them. 
Resident Evil is a survival horror game. Those have always been about item management and picking your battles. And you're going to have to do that, I would say, a lot more in this game than I had to in Resi 2. And because I, back in 2, I was able to clear out rooms and basically make my trip throughout the RPD a little more comfortable. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that with this, um, with Raccoon City as a whole. And just, I, I found myself getting like almost snuck up on a lot by zombies and I feel like the damage values are changed a little bit too um they don't I don't feel like they do as much damage but um but you are definitely being attacked more and encountering a lot more of them um but in the demo you you just go through a quick section you start out in uh the subway station with uh, Carlos and I think his name is Nikolai. They're part of the Umbrella Corporation's like special unit. And they're trying to deal with the outbreak. Um, cause this game overlaps, uh, timeline wise with Resident Evil 2. So they're taking place in the same night or within like 24 hours of each other. So whereas Leon and Claire's story is more focused on like a specific area, Jill is dealing and running around with Raccoon City as a whole and she's being chased down by this huge creature just called nemesis and he kicked my butt once he started showing up in the demo i was getting slammed around almost every corner and he can run faster than you and he can get right in front of you even though you think you've lost him <laughs> so that that can be very stressful um but the demo is really short it takes maybe 20 30 minutes at the most uh, and in, I would say it gives a solid feel for how the game is going to be. There is some puzzle solving in it. There's some, of course, the item management, uh, juking around zombies, trying to work your way around it all. Um, so if you're interested in it at all, give it a try. It's free. It's It'll take you less than an hour. And we all have hours now. <laughs> um, unless, unless you're one of the people. I mean, shout out to Melissa and other people that we know, uh, but... That are unless you're one of these people treating Animal Crossing like a game that you can 100 percent in like a week. Yeah. Um, very impressive, but man, do I not play Animal Crossing that way? Yeah, I, same here. I don't know if I've played enough Animal Crossing to fully talk about how I feel about it. Um, I figured you'd probably talk about that a little bit for us. Yeah, but. yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, I was playing Animal Crossing too. Um, I'm taking my time with it, honestly. The first, uh, the day it came out, uh, I played maybe about three hours, and I felt like I hit a solid wall of progression. And I said, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it till tomorrow. And I did, and I came back, and I did some more stuff the next day. I did it all over again, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not running myself into the ground with the game because that's not what Animal Crossing is for me. It's, it for me, it's always been just a relaxing good time and if i if i feel like i'm trying to push myself to do anything specific in it as opposed to just going to relax then i feel like i'm not i'm not experiencing the way that i know i work with you know yeah i'm i'm excited to i'm going to talk more about my experiences with it next week cuz i i just know that i'll have more time with it yeah um for sure but man seth let me tell you how infuriating it is to have breakable tools in Animal Crossing. Um, tell me. It is bad. Yeah. I think it might actually, like, if there's anything I could say about this game is that that's bad. It doesn't feel good. Like, in, in Breath of the Wild, it was like, oh, yeah, you the things break so you can try every sort of weapon out there because there's so many weapons. Um, there's only so many shovels. Yeah. And you have to craft shovels. And so that's fine, but at the same time, like, they don't. It just gets long. kind of tedious. They don't last too long. Yep. Um, and the the materials to make the ones that last longer is kind of hard to get. Like yeah. the, they're very limited resources to get build the longer lasting ones. And, and and at the time you're trying to build those longer lasting ones, especially if you're early in the game, you're also trying to build like new like shops and stuff for your little deserted island. So those are taking up similar resources. In fact, like... Yeah. In fact, the same resources. Yeah, the exact so. same resources. So, like, it's... It's rough. It's a it's a strange mechanic to put in this game. Yeah. Uh, and I'm excited. 
I kind of, I hope you get it by next week because I'm excited to talk to you about it because it's a, it's a weird dichotomy, especially with the, like having to wait for stuff. And I love that it's a game that forces you to slow down, which I'm about. Yeah. Um, and that's like, I said, that's, that's fine. How... I play it for like an hour or two and then I put it down. Yeah. I'm good. I just uh, realized I haven't played it at all today. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm going to need to get around to that in a quick, I got my shop get out of this. I wonder if you can move Ooh. the shop after you put it down because I put it in maybe a bad spot. Uh, once you get, I, I think it's like the town hall or whatever. Um, you unlock a mechanic that you're able to move buildings around a lot easier. Yeah. So if you don't like it where it is right now, that's fine. It'll I can't wait to get temporary. full control and like fully redesign this island. Yeah. And I, that's maybe what I'm most excited about. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be a long haul for us, but like, I think it's still going to be really satisfying once we get there. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. Um, and I, yeah, that's why I said next week because I want to get unlock more stuff before I, man. Yeah. Also, it's really weird to go and strip mine people's islands for stuff. Yeah. Uh, especially since, so Seth, um, the two dodo birds, right? Um, Orville, oh. Wilbur and Orville. Um, the Wright brothers? Yes, actually. <laughs> the Dodo brother Wright brothers. Yep. Um, you go and talk to them to, you can trade in these nook miles to fly to islands to get resources. Because if you strip mine your island, you're kind of screwed. And so they send you to these islands um, that are randomly generated and they have citizens on them that you can tell them to come move to your island if they want. But the thing is, also, you are there to plunder their island and take everything you can from it. So that's how you get the materials to to build the best way besides strip mining your island. And so it just feels wrong to like... I feel very go bad go about to it. someone's island where they're living a happy life yeah. and be like, "I'm taking all of your resources. You can come live on my island where I'm going to put all your resources to use." Um, and by the way, I'm in charge of the island, so you're still going to be under my thumb. Yeah, and you're going to like it. And it's like this weird feeling. I'm not sure I like it. You know, but... it's a good applied lesson in colonialism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's strange. Um, except you never, you're never going to go to that island again. Like it's not colonialism because you can't like s- plant your flag and be like, I'm going to build like I have multiple islands. That is just now a desolate, empty wasteland. Yeah. <laughs> um, and anyone that comes upon it, um, God help their soul because there's <laughs> nothing there for them. And I know because I took it all. <laughs> and so it's strange. It's, I don't know if it's a great mechanic, but it is one that helps feed the crafting machine that this new Animal Crossing is. Yes. Um, and they're they're hard on the crafting mechanic. They love it. Very. They, yeah. We'll see. I, I'm still liking it. I, I don't hate it. Yeah. Um, I love Seth. So at the beginning of the game, they don't ask your gender. They just ask. They're like, what do you look like? And it gives you the two options. And it was kind of neat. I and, was like, And then it says, you can change this later if you want. Yeah. You can just, it's very fluid. Yep. Which is neat. Yeah. I was like, man, this is great. Yeah. Good for Animal Crossing. And like uh, hairstyles aren't uh, gender specific nope. or anything. You can wear dresses if you want. Yeah. Great. 10 out of 10 game. Yeah. Representation matters. Yes. Absolutely. Um, they should put in realistic balding. <laughs> 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 I mean, there might be balding. So the longer you play, <laughs> the, more, the longer you lose you, you lose access to certain hairstyles. Oh no, that's horrible. It's not fable or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is there's a wheelchair. I read the there's a Kotaku article about that. I just there's saw a, that. There's today, a yeah. wheelchair in the game that yes. you can that's usable. Uh, so that's neat. Um, but yeah. we, we kind of talked a little long on the stuff that we played this week because, um, due to the, um, hectic and ever changing nature of the, uh, coronavirus, we have not been able, like there just hasn't been that much news. 
um, there that leak came out about the possible Nintendo Direct this week, and it probably got delayed because of coronavirus. And um, like, there's just a lot of because Nintendo's Q1 call is like, or the beginning of their fiscal year call is like the this weekend. Um, so you you have to think that they they were gonna announce something, um, but like, but nope. But no, so maybe next going into week. Going the year with with no games announced, with, yeah, with release dates. So super fun times. We're in a weird sort of uncertain time. I'm, uh, you know, Seth. I am glad that I have your copy of Persona Five because if, because genuinely, if everything does shut down and I cannot uh, I get. Be... I want to be so pissed. And I cannot get Persona 5 Royal. I'll at least start Persona 5 on that day. Yeah. I'll give in because, boy, all the hours I had this weekend, Persona 5 and the music was just in my head because I was like, I've got all this time. I could do it. I could I could do it. You could. And, but, but I was like, but I would just be redoing it when Persona 5 Royal comes out. And by then you may just be burnt out on it. And I de- Yeah, and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And so, yeah. Thank you for listening, kind of listening to us kind of wax poetic about what we played this week. And we talked a little bit longer about it, but um, we didn't want to skimp you guys on content. And um, I genuinely like Ori got me. I took like notes while I was playing it so I could like, like know what I wanted to talk about and make sure I remembered. Um, And it just, yeah. It's good. I like when I play games that make me feel things, yeah. even if they're not good sometimes. That's fair. So um, we hope you guys stay safe. Uh, wash your hands. Stay inside as much as stay you can. Stay inside your own house. Forest. forest. <laughs> um, for once. Follow the rules. If anything, just drive around in your car and don't open your windows and touch any random people. I could entirely do that. That's also very like stress relieving for me. Yeah, just go <laughs> park your vehicle at a park and stare at the grass or something. I don't know, but just be safe and uh, and enjoy the time you have inside and play play something. Maybe next week we'll come with some like streaming content recommendations on like shows and stuff we've been watching because games. As much as I love playing games, sometimes you have to turn your brain off and just watch something on TV and yep. so or read a book. Do something, but stay inside, please. Any recommendations, Seth? Or anything uh, you want to throw out there? I recommend don't get sick. Yeah, don't get sick. Don't get me sick. Don't get Seth sick. Don't touch me. Do not come near me. Okay, Seth. Okay, Seth. I won't. Good. Um, <laughs> it did start raining Forest. today. It it rained today, so the pollen is hopefully going to die down a little. A little and bit. And so I was, won't look like I have coronavirus. Yeah. It was really nice uh, out after the rain today. So um, before this turns into a weather podcast, <laughs> uh, we will make sure to have a new episode for you next week where we'll talk about Animal Crossing more in depth and um, other stuff. Maybe maybe I'm going to get Onimusha because Seth talking to me about Nobunaga has made me want to get... <laughs> Uh, back in that game and yeah uh if there's any news we will for sure cover it and we're always in the discord chat so if you want to play something with us in this time of you know relaxation you know get a hold of us in there and we'll play halo or something or maybe seth will play apex again one day or i'm always for some halo (laughs) so get in there and maybe play some games with us i know we played some animal crossing over the weekend and stuff so yep Halo would be um, fun to play if you didn't have to install all five games at once to play one of them. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, so, but with that, we appreciate you listening. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Do not get Seth sick, for the love of God. I won't. Don't and you do it. We will talk at you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Adios. Adios.